are. Oh, that was bad. That was really bad. Ah, we are live. We Welcome go. back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is Joe DeLeon, live on Mardi Gras Tuesday. Mm. Wait, is it Mardi Gras? Yeah, it's Mardi Gras. That's oh, why I, I wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't know. I'm so... F- I, I couldn't be any further out of the loop uh, of, of knowing if it's Mardi Gras. How, how crazy is it down there? Is it is it already starting? Oh, to get- dude, it's so crazy! Like everybody's like, "Well, Blake, why are you doing a show at ten? Why are you doing <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, I've lived it so much. Like, I, I don't need to go to Mardi Gras, but it's going to be raucous. It's going to be crazy. You know, like my dad is down in New Orleans. He's like, "I'm going to show you my titties for some beef." <laughs> I'm like, "Dad." stop you know so nevertheless it's it's good to be back it's good to be here on a tuesday a lot of things going on joe probably a big show uh, probably a something that probably me and you will rant on last night on my yep. other show i ranted on this pretty heavily there are proposals around college football to change things i just don't get like i just don't get it i'm gonna make a proposal to you and I, we'll talk about the rules okay. but as more as i think about this Buddy, I think that the SEC and college football in whole needs a commissioner like Roger Goodell. Absolutely. I, I just – I can't – if like – and then Ross Dellinger, with all due respect, an elite reporter, comes out and says, college football executives. Who the F word is college football executives? Can you tell me who? It could be a janitor for all we know. Dude, it could literally be anybody. Like, yeah. it could be, you know, he could have imagined it. Now, he didn't. He's got sourcing, and they leaked it to him to see the reaction from fans, and I get that. But we'll talk on these proposals and rule changes around college football that's absolutely idiotic uh, here. We'll probably start up the show with that. And then also, uh, Hugh Freeze making some interesting moves, getting hired at Auburn. A lot of people thought Lane Kiffin was going to be the next head coach at Auburn, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, it's Hugh Freeze back into the SEC. Uh, Joe, I, I, I guess what's your, uh, uh, you know, what what you think about O'Hugh making some moves or what? I mean, before we get to it, you know, just yeah, yeah, monologue. Well, we talked about it on the the kickoff show when we were doing that, and like I I think that it's an underrated move, and I, I don't. We're gonna dive into it much deeper. They might not be very competitive in year one, but. I think that there's a pretty positive outlook for the future of Auburn with a guy who's had a proven track record of success, but also a proven track record of scandal and doing stupid things and not handling himself very well. Prostitutes. Yeah. I mean, that's just, just one of them. Does NIL cover that? Is, is that allowed with NIL these days? Are you allowed to hire? I mean, (laughs) look, I, I don't believe so, you know, but at the same time, how do I know anymore? You know, like I, right. I, I don't, I, I don't know. Well, in that situation is, and I know we're, we've got a lot that we're we're going to get to today. That that situation is tied to the discussion on the rule changes for college football. Because why are we focusing our energy on changing the timing of games when we should be focusing on issues like this and trying to prevent future issues like this? We don't have stupid stuff like this happening at the NFL because. There is a ton of rules and limitations put in place when it comes to recruiting guys uh, trying to uh, induce free agents to come play for your team. There just needs to be a lot more regulation, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, Adam B. says, are we allowed to start a collective to hire Joe to kick Brian Driscoll in the ding-dong? I'm not commenting on that. Okay. I'm not com- <laughs> Chris says, Try living in the city during Mardi Gras, then you'll know the real insanity. Uh, I agree with you, Joe. I think it's – well, I, I don't know if it's an underrated hire. I think a lot of people expect him to go in here and beat yeah. Alabama a couple times. I mean, he did it at Ole Miss. I think of all the coaches that were hired in this cycle, okay, head coaches, I think that he might be the most ready to make a little bit of noise, okay, the reason I said maybe outside, maybe outside of what we talked about in the last show with Wisconsin, yeah, I think that people would be more like Wisconsin people would be like, yeah, they're in a weak division, whatever. If they got to a big, even got to a Big Ten t- title game, but look, man, Robbie Ashford, their quarterback, he's not that bad. 
He's not that bad. He made some good plays, man. He, go back and watch that Alabama game. He was he was lighting them up with his legs. If they can do some things with him through the air, he's a good thrower. Just got to be more accurate. Mm-hmm. They might win some games that they lost last season. Like I remember LSU was a close game. Alabama was a close game. There were so many games that they lost on the you know one two possessions that they might be able to make some noise this year. Right, and I think we're going to do a, a much deeper dive when we get to that in the second half of the show today. But Robbie Ashford fits with what Hugh Freeze has uh, produced success at the quarterback position. You know, we look at Malik Willis as I think is the the most recent great example when he was at Liberty. Malik Willis is a great athlete, a great thrower. Robbie Ashford is a fantastic athlete. He is a great, great athlete. But it's not like we're talking about uh, a pure Malik Cunningham type of a runner. This is a guy who can throw and run. If he can put it all together, I, I really believe that there is um, an attainable ceiling for Auburn. But that ceiling, whatever it is, we'll probably reveal that later on. We may, might need to be a little more realistic on what that what that ceiling actually is. Yeah, the West is going to be very tough t- to do things, but mm-hmm. I think that there are some wins there. All right. Yep. Let's get into it. Uh, everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. So many of you listening to us on Facebook, Joe Averaging. Well over the thousand views per episode. That means a thousand of you aren't. Uh, at least nine hundred of you are not hitting the like and share. What have we done to you for that you <laughs> like and share for us uh, here today on Monogram? So stop, collaborate, and listen. Do us a favor. Hit the like and share. Share to all of those Facebook groups and to your social media pages. Getting so close. We're getting close to four hundred subscribers on YouTube. Trying to get to that thousand, Joe. I said on my show this past week, I'm not giving a time limit. Look, Joe, I will give you the two hundred dollars uh, of what we're doing if we can get to five thousand subscribers on AYS mm-hmm. and then a thousand subscribers on the Rafino and Joe show. Just go text everybody. Just be like, hey man, can you subscribe? Yeah, can you subscribe to this for me, and then you know, let's do let's do this thing. All right, so we'll do that. Y'all do that, I should say. And then if you listen to us, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe uh, there as well. Joe, let's get to our first break. Let's talk about our good friends over at Online. back in 50 seconds. Let's talk about these rule changes. I hope and pray to God that I got all of this pre-workout out of me because I don't want to have a heart attack like I did last night. <laughs> Nevertheless, we're back in 50 seconds to talk about it. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back! Every time. It's been juiced up every time. (laughs) You know who's not back? Texas Texas. baseball. How in the world can you? By the way, that went viral. Didn't didn't intend it to. Wait, did it really? That tweet went viral. Yeah, it got like it got like over like a a, like two hundred thousand views (laughs) and like uh, it got like two thousand likes and oh my god, fans are in my DMs. They were like. Well, last time that happened, we almost won it all. We got two super regional. Oh, go cry. And, and go cry. Like, you got swept by the SEC. And by the way, Missouri, who was projected last in the East, just beat you down. And they don't look as bad. So anyway, Texas, you're not back. Anyway. No. All right, Joe, I'm going to read these off very quickly, and I want your thoughts. Yes. So if you missed it, if you're just – you know, I know that it, you know there's a lot of people like I know – a lot of people in the Southeast, at least, uh, it's winter break. Maybe you missed this on Twitter yesterday as Ross Dallinger reported proposals of changing college football. Joe, I'm just going to read them off really quickly. There's four of them. Number one, prohibiting consecutive timeouts, meaning you can't call a timeout and then immediately call a timeout right after. That's number one. No untimed downs on first and in, in the first or third quarter. Yeah, whatever. 
Uh, the clock runs on first down except of two minutes to end the half. Uh, why you're trying to be like the NFL, I don't know. Number four, clock. Here's the, here, here is probably the stupidest, and I am talking about in the 32 years of life, the stupidest proposal of any sport mm. I've ever heard. Number four. The, the clock runs on incompletions once the ball is spotted. What are we doing? It's, what are we doing? I think everyone can agree that these rules are unnecessary and almost in a way are, dis are a, a distraction. And I think there's multiple things that need to be discussed with this. But the first and foremost, none of these are necessary. In the early stages of the NFL, I'm talking back in the 1930s, they were mirroring college football and they realized by mirroring college football, they were not as exciting as a product and they vastly changed the rules, which led to the evolution of the game back in the 1930s. But my point here is why the hell is college football trying so hard to be the NFL when I there has never know. been an issue? There has never been an audience retention issue for college football, for college football. It's not like the NFL when there's a blowout going on between the Houston Texans and the they Chicago the Bears. And, and like, that's a terrible game. And they'll switch games in the middle of, of, of various feeds going on. In college football, it is a, a, a rare circumstance to even analyze and to think about how fans of their teams will watch them get their asses kicked and also will watch them destroy FCS programs all the way until the end. Now, I don't have the, the retention numbers in front of me, but I, I can say pretty confidently that the audience of the of college football as a sport is not worried about the time length of the game. I don't understand why we're wasting our time trying to speed up the game. And one of the most interesting things in that article written by, by Ross Dellinger is that it only takes off a couple of minutes off of the average game. It's not like we're speeding this up by a whole 30 minutes. It's five minutes. Why are we wasting our time on this? This is absolutely ridiculous. And I think I think that that's the main point here. Blake, is that this is a distraction. They're trying to distract us from other larger issues by pitching something stupid like this. So we all get mad about it. Well, I agree with you. The NFL game, so on average, is only three minutes and 42 seconds shorter than college football. Know why that might be? They also have shorter time, uh, shorter half times. Yes. Okay? They have a... College football has about a 30-minute halftime, okay? 25, 30-minute halftime. The NFL has about a 15-minute halftime, okay? I, here's an idea. Who gives two Rudy Poos if a band's playing in the ha at halftime? Because I got to be honest, I, I mean, I know that there are a lot of people that love, you know, the, the million-dollar band in Alabama, the golden band from Tigerland. You know, I don't know if the Irish have a band. I mean, who who really knows? It's got one, it's got one of the best in the country. I'm joking. Don't, 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 don't watch yourself. <laughs> I'm joking. Trying to take a little shot at you. Mm -hmm. But I don't I, I just don't get it. Let me just say this. Number one, I who are these college football executives that are trying to change this? That is the biggest problem that I have. Put a face to it. Yeah. Is it the new NCAA president who is a sitting governor of Massachusetts? who has no football background, is he the one trying to change this? Probably not. But, Joe, I can make an argument for all of these rule changes. The only one that I don't really care about is the untimed down. You don't want – the untimed down, you want to play it next quarter. It is what it is. Okay, if that makes you, if that makes your, your, your jollies all get off, then yeah. fine by me. But prohibiting consecutive timeouts, everybody's like – Oh, well, who cares? Well, let me just tell you this. If let me give a scenario. I gave the scenario last night. I'll, I'll pitch it to you. Okay. Let's say hypothetically a team is trying to drive down the field. Okay. They're down by six and they throw a long bomb. The receiver catches this, gets tackled at the two yard line. Timeout. Okay. Gets tackled in balance. Timeout. Well, you have two more timeouts remaining. Well, you run out there. You got four seconds left on the clock. The defense shows you a look that the play that you called is not going to work. You're going to lose the game. Why don't you have the option to call another timeout to get the right play in? You've gone an entire half, mm. an entire half without calling timeouts. 
the objective of timeouts is obviously you want to use those strategically. It's a part of a strategic thing inside the game. So what the NFL doesn't allow. This isn't the NFL. Like, you don't have to be the NFL. Joe, I love the Saints. I love the NFL. Don't get me wrong. It's amazing. But if I want to watch the NFL, I'll click on Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays. If I want to watch college football, I want to watch college football. And I got to find out, like, who, like, why is there no pushback from the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey? Why is there no pushback from any other commissioners who knows that these rules are idiotic? And then you know what they won't do, Joe? Yeah. They won't take any more of the, time, uh, the media timeouts out of the game. Why don't you do a split screen? Say that there's a timeout throughout the game. Show the ad in a split box. Joe, me and you are literally thousands of miles away from one another. And we do a split screen and do a show. You mean to tell me that ESPN, CBS, and NBC can't do it? Well, I, I mean, we do see the NFL doing a lot of that more often. And I, I think, though, that they're probably not going to try to make any adjustments to the to the ad stuff but because it's all about money well but yeah they we need to make money to to support the game and for it to continue to to grow and to be able to continue to to reinvest in it but uh, my main qualm with all this blake is that why is the emphasis on trying to adjust the time length of the game and this is why i think it's designed to be a distraction why are we worried about making the game shorter why is that what the intention is when we have rampant lack of control over nil over the transfer portal all of that is poorly regulated and that to me all of the attention by these executives needs to be put on that's what needs to be focused on is working out and fixing all the issues with nil and the transfer portal because right now that's what's a detriment to the game that is what is detracting from the quality of play on the field, the quality of recruiting, just the quality of roster building in general. And I understand those that believe that NIL and the transfer portal are good for college football, and I'm one of those people. But there is a lack of rules in place that allow for a lack of institutional control for yes. all of college football. Correct. Yes, and we have we have situations like that happen with Texas A&M, where I, I don't want to to know that something like that is happening with a program where we've got a, a bunch of money hungry kids who aren't invested in the program. There needs to be some type of regulation put in place, and that that's what we need to focus our attention on. And that's your point you brought up earlier. We need some type of commissioner. And I think that I will say this might be the catalyst that pushes us closer to uh, one massive conference eventually coming in the next decade or so. I would not be surprised if this does not spurn motivation for a guy like Sankey to push for that. Maybe that's why he hasn't talked about it. No, and you're right. He wants more money, which then puts more money into his pocket. I think you're right. I think we're going to two major conferences. I think the Big Ten, SEC, whatever you want to call it, is going to be two major conferences. You're going to divide the country. You're going to do the North versus the South. I mean, let's call it what it is. Yeah. I mean, South's going to win. But, any, but I mean, uh -huh. anyway, well, I mean, they're already winning. I mean, it's not like uh -huh. they're going to change anyway. Uh-huh. I think I think that the the part about this is so the NCAA, so people didn't notice this and I asked people last night on my show, did you know that the NCAA went back to court and got their asses handed to them last week when they oh, I didn't know that yeah they got their asses handed to them because they proposed oh excuse me they proposed that college athletes are not employees okay well <laughs> when you start getting the federal government involved they were like. Listen, the way that you presented this, they are employees. You give them room and board. You give them a stipend. Basically, they're a 1099 employee to some extent. My own thing about this is I feel like the NCAA, the conferences, all of them, I think they're all in on this secret conspiracy, Illuminati type of college football stuff because they all are like – Joe, when you're in politics, and not to go down that road, because we don't mm -hmm. talk politics on the show, sometimes you go to the federal government so the federal government can tell you, well, you need to do X, Y, and Z so that the NCAA president, 
Sankey, all of these dudes don't look like the bad guy. You just sit there and you say, well, I, it's not of my control. The government said we had to do this. That's what they're constantly going to the federal government for. But you're right. You don't have a you don't have it tamed on NIL because, quite frankly, you can't. You cannot tame uh, uh, just capitalism. And why should you? I'm, I mean, Joe. Quite honestly, and let's call it what it is. Teams have been doing this from the beginning. It just didn't have a public face. Yeah, I know of guys. So, Joe, like, I, I'll give a story. We won our conference. Okay, and this is FCS. This isn't SEC. The starting quarterback, and I'm not going to say what year, what what quarterback it was, when we beat our rival, he had $7,500 sitting in his locker room in an envelope. At okay? Southeastern Louisiana? At Southeastern Louisiana, okay? There are some t boosters that are still at these programs. You mean to tell me North Dakota State doesn't have some boosters? Oh, like, they do. They and, definitely and so do. My, my point is, now what do you think is going on at these major institutions, it's, it's always been going on. But here's my thing. Here's the problem with all of it. They don't know how to regulate the transfer portal. The transfer portal is what ultimately sparks a lot of this because kids can go wherever they want. Now, if they And they're also being actively recruited while on rosters without being in the portal. Correct. Now, because that goes on the, 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 the premise of that – these kids can transfer whenever they want to, and there's no regulations on the portal. I can make the argument, I believe, that the portal is more detrimental than NIL. The teams that are on top in recruiting these past two years, historically, are the same teams that are always on, on top, right? Like, that's not changing. So is it really an NIL issue? Now, maybe some of those teams get a little bit better because they can pay for more kids publicly, whatever. Yeah. But at the end of the day... There's like you said, and you're so right with this. There's so many more issues along college football that Joe, we're gonna start running the clock after an incompletion when the ball spotted. Dude, let me just tell you something. These nerds, they're they're nerds. These pencil pushing, glasses <laughs> wearing, no punt, no like shot at hey. you. <laughs> Nerd head asses are out here trying to change the game for what? For what, Joe? They didn't play the game. They don't know. Bro, last point. You got Condoleezza Rice on a college football playoff committee. You You're got a right. petition from the University of Cal. From Cal, Berkeley. <laughs> from the college football playoff committee. And you're trying to tell me that those people know more football than me. Get out of here with that. It's why the playoff sucks. It's it's why the playoff inherently sucks is that in an unwillingness to commit to the people that are focused on and want the game to grow in the right direction. And I also I have another one that I want to throw out there with talking about things that we're not focusing our attention on. This is an actual rule that impacts the way that the game is played. There has been so many issues with targeting. So many issues with targeting. I agree. And I, and agree. I know that it's it's hard to go backwards with targeting. It's it's really hard. But again, it's another one of those things where we look at all the issues that are out there with college football. There are plenty of issues out there. Conference alignment, targeting, NIL, transfer portal. I just, why are we wasting our time? That's what you're, where, what the key thing is here. Why are we wasting our time and energy putting attention on this, doing studies on this, breaking it anal down and anal analyzing this when there are way much bigger issues to, to tackle here? If you want the game to improve, you need to fix those other things. I agree. And you know what? I think if of one thing that the NFL gets right is targeting to the extent of they don't kick players out of the game. No. You know, well, they, and people make the argument, well, NFL players get fined. Okay. We'll start finding the school. You want the school to start teaching better football and not targeting and doing it the right way? Find the school because that AD will walk into that head coach's office and saying, you better tell these motherfuckers to stop. And I say it like that because, Joe, quite honestly, it's the only thing that you you got to talk like that. you got to do those kind of things because if you don't, nothing else changes. No. Absolutely nothing changes. And you know what's crazy to me? My biggest thing is I don't like the college football playoff expansion. A lot of people like it. You know what? 
I swallowed my I swallowed my pride, Pauls, but I swallowed it and said, you know what? If this is the betterment for college football, more teams get involved, it's more football. Okay. I'm fine with it. Fine. You're moving to two mega conferences. Okay. You know, you got Pete Thamel out here saying that he's talked to people at ESPN, he's talked to people at Fox, he's talked to people at CBS. And they're not ready to make a, a contract extension for TV rights for the Pac-12. What are those teams going to do if that if they don't have a TV deal? Maybe Amazon comes in late. Who knows? But as of 2025, they don't have a television deal. So they those teams could be out of the conference, which then would put you in a scenario and situation where you're moving to two major conferences. I we have as fans, and which we're all fans here, us two, and everybody yeah. in this chat. Everybody is fans. We've given you so much that we did not want to change that now you just keep feel that they feel like Joe that they can just continue to change stuff for the bottom line. Now I made this I, I made this well known last night. At what point, and I'm calling him out, at what and all these people out, how when do ADs and, and commissioners across the country stand up and stop selling their souls for the ever-living dollar? Because that's all that they're doing. They're selling their souls. They don't give two shits about you and me and what we like. They only care about the dollar, and there's not a man, there's no one man enough to go up in there and says, no, we're not doing that. You mean to tell me that Greg Sankey's not going to – why hasn't Greg Sankey made a statement about clock running on incompletions? Well, see, I think that with the athletic directors, I do agree with you. But Greg Sankey, I think, just has better things to worry about, right? Like he – why like is he what? worried about that? But this actually helps his, this helps his argument because we know that Greg Sankey is one of the people who is behind the scenes trying to make – the two mega conferences thing work and maybe a secession from the NCAA is, is something in the future. This actually kind of helps his case. So why would he come out and speak publicly publicly on it? And it's same thing with the NIL and all those other issues that we're bringing up is allow them to dig their own hole until they can't get out of it. And then when they're stuck in that hole, run away with, with, with what is his plans and his intentions are. But I think your thoughts on the athletic directors are very true. I think that they are, you know, some of the most greedy individuals in, in the college sports landscape where the focus is always on them. You know, the, these dudes are out there playing golf and, and goofing around and hanging out with each other. And it's the same people that keep getting the same jobs. It's the same people that just keep handing each other jobs. Right. Nobody talks about that. Everyone wants to talk about how it's, it's the deal with coaching. The coaches are the one who is trying to better the product on the field and are dealing with all of these active issues when the athletic directors are just dicking around in their free time. The only problem, as much as I hate the NCAA, my only problem and worry with that, who's going to govern teams? Like, who's going to who's going to bring down disciplinary action on teams if you don't have an NCAA? Now, the NCAA is not doing a good job of it. No. Well, I think, inevitably, when we do get to that multi-conference smaller setup and we do break off from the NCAA. I, again, I really think that this is one of the early catalysts. We're going to look back in 15, 20 years and be like, wow, like these couple of things and and the stupid rule change pitch was one of the things that pissed everyone off that they were willing to do this. But I, I think that you do need a commissioner, you know, you need to break off and then establish your own commissioner. That's what I think we're, we're, we're moving towards. And it's probably going to be Sankey, a guy who, the guy wants power and I don't blame him. You know, I think that a lot of driven people push towards that and the power mm -hmm. that he wants is to control the landscape of college football. He's probably going to be the first commissioner we have. Let's be real with the success. You, of don't, the think SEC, it's be, you don't think it's going to be big bicep, Josh Pate. <laughs> I mean, he keeps saying he's going to be the first commissioner, but it's probably going to be Sankey because we're going. Well, with let me, let me just say this. If there's an active campaign, like if the people vote for this in all 52 or all 50 States, uh, I will be on the Pate ticket because he told me that he was giving me a job. So, Greg Sankey. What job is he giving you? Uh, offensive line control. So, I'm over the entire offensive line for all the country. So, like, if there's bad recruiting, you know, uh -huh. that's all I want. I just want to be around the big dudes. Pause. 
all day long. Um, I just want a job making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. It's all I want. Well, th that's what the athletic directors are doing. But to that point, I think if anyone's voting on this, it's probably going to be the athletic directors. It's not going to be. It's not going to be us. If we look back at the the start of various professional leagues, it was the owners who voted on who was going to uh, to run run the the league or, or the conference or whatever. Uh, so inevitably, it probably would be the athletic directors who make that decision. And if we look at the athletic directors that hold the most control, it's the SEC athletic directors. Agreed. Because they have the most money, historically. Yeah. At least right now they do. Okay. Right. Any other thoughts behind this? I mean, Joe, it just it, it worries me so much for the – look, the – I guess I said this was my the last point was my last point. I lied. This is my last point. College football is my favorite sport in the world. Mm -hmm. Okay. I love it more than the NFL. I love it more than baseball. And I'm a big baseball dude. I love it more than the NBA, cricket, whatever other sport. College football is my favorite. And the and the avenue that we're going down is dangerous. Not only is it dangerous, it's scary because Joe, I don't want to I don't think college football is ever going anywhere, right? Like, but at at the same on that same thought process, the you know, like everybody complains, like fans complain about targeting, like you mentioned, or NIL or recruiting or whatever it may be, but they never have massive issues with the older portion of this league. What do I mean? I don't see anybody calling them out like they call, oh, a kid's going into the portal, and that kid gets trash yeah. for going into the portal and going somewhere else and making a better living for his family. Nobody's talking shit about ESPN. Nobody's talking shit about these guys, and I think our priorities are so off here that it's just ridiculous. Well, let's let's dig back a little bit further than that and the reason why that happens, okay? the the And you kind of talked about it earlier with – how we're not naming these executives. These Bingo. executives haven't been named. Bingo. It comes down to the journalistic integrity and the and the uh the role of journalists in covering college football <laughs> needs to be reporting on everything. And instead, what we do is there's this over-attention to recruiting, and there's this over-attention to focusing on the kids that are leaving and getting paid now that this is a thing. And that's why there's such an uproar because negative attention needs to be directed somewhere by pissed off angry people that have nothing else to, to to get upset about so they're getting mad at these kids that are just trying to to make a living trying to get their education trying to play the sport that they love when the things that aren't reported on more heavily are the things that are happening behind the scenes with these broadcast networks the things that are happening behind the scenes with these athletic directors and these commissioners those are the things that need to be reported on and then that allows the public to direct their attention to the things that are deterring the progression of this sport that is what needs to be focused on and the problem is is that nobody wants to lose their sources and on top of that the power of those entities are much bigger than just some four-star recruit who's hopping in the portal because he had a good year and he wants to go to alabama we're, we're gonna attack kids because they can't fight back but we're too afraid to report on and accurately provide the information for for the, the massive entities that are negatively impacting the game. All right, we do have some breaking news here, Joe, oh. from an LSU perspective. Um, Brian Polian is stepping down from special teams coordinator wow. and is going to be taking an all-field role. Now, I told you something a little bit about that. He's going to be more of like an assistant to the head coach. We saw uh, Nick Saban just do that. Brian Polian is going to be doing the same uh, for that. So let's do this while I can uh, set this up. Let's take a really quick break, and then we'll transition into Auburn and Hugh Freeze. We're back in 51 seconds. Uh, but, Joe, tell them really quickly about Bet Online before we get to this commercial break. Yes, folks, if you're tuning in, make sure you head on over to betonline.ag, your go-to source for all of your sports betting needs. And, it, it, look, if you're like me, I know that Blake gets excited about college baseball. When the offseason comes around, I get bored pretty quickly, and I got to make some of these other sports a little more interesting for me when I'm not being a dork and watching film. Uh, and the way that I do it is I'll watch basketball games. I'll put a little money on it. It makes it a little more exciting because then I have some rooting interest in those games. And the where the place that I do that is betonline.ag. Use promo code BELIEVE50 to get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, betonline.ag, where the game starts. All right, let's take a quick break. We're back in 51 seconds. 
BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back! So, really quickly, I know that we're transitioning to... um, Hugh Freeze, but you, you're a guy that knows Brian Polian. He was at yeah. Notre Dame. I guess, what are your thoughts when you just hear the news from Pete Thamel um, that Brian Polian is stepping away from the special teams coordinator role? Yeah, I, I think that this probably should have happened sooner rather than later. I mean, we saw a lot of special teams woes for LSU, and I think that in his time at Notre Dame, there were a lot of issues that weren't fixed and then when he left we saw the immediate 180 to them being one of the best special teams uh teams in the country and there's a lot of untapped potential i think with with well, either Joe, with all due respect with all due respect though y'all are a top y'all are a top eight special teams unit for like the for like eight straight year the eight years he was there on average yeah but they're they're still from i'm more so talking about like the recruiting and the guys that they had there were a lot of kicker issues there were a lot of punter issues there was a lot of inconsistency at those various position groups i think a lot of the success came from uh their ability to get after kicks and and to return kicks big thing was returning kicks they had a lot of kids who were really good kick returners like chris tyree and will fuller but i i think we all know last year this past year the amount of times that special teams negatively impacted the outcome of a game for LSU, that this this should have happened sooner. This really should have happened sooner. I don't disagree with that. I think it's interesting, and I think that more coaches – so, look, I do think that more coaches are going to have to do stuff, stuff like this, okay, in reference to um, getting in a situation, Joe, where you have a, a pretty much a GM, a managed – roster kind of guy um I, I just don't think that you're going to be able to get away with it we've seen we've literally seen um Nick Saban do this multiple times to help him manage the roster I, I do know this um here's what I know what I know is is that Brian Polian is going to be the pretty much the number two Okay. Mm -hmm. What I also know is, is that Brian Kelly trusts him a lot to just tell him the outright truth. But I do know that LSU has a very small short list of special teams coordinators. Some people need to realize it might be a little bit closer than maybe they expect. So um, I I, I did not have an issue with Brian Polian, to be honest with you. I think that what he did in the portal for LSU – they're the number one class on on three in the country when it comes to the transfer portal. I think that that's massive. You're talking uh, about for special teams? What do you mean? But what are you saying they were number one in on, on, on yeah, in the, the transfer class. portal? And he just was – general. He his, yeah, just in general. He had his hands all involved in that. Like, he ran the transfer portal, and he's done it the last two years. He's done a good job there. I think that you'll continue. they'll continue to do that with them. But like you mentioned, and you're you're right here, uh, LSU special teams were ass. Okay, they were horrible. They got better as the season went on, but I think that they're going to go get a guy that is more targeted to special teams, right? Yeah. Um, so we'll see. All the, right, the thing that bugs me with this, but not to to drag no, this on ahead. too much, the thing that always bugs me with the special teams coordinator hires is that a lot of times it's kind of just throwing somebody there to be a secondary focus where their attention is focused on something else. I think it's a position that requires full attention. And if you want to get after teams and pick up those hidden yards, you need a good special teams coordinator. You really do. And I think, I think that's what this is right here. You know, you're hiring someone who you don't even need to think twice about special teams uh, and you're moving on and and letting Polian step into a role where he's better suited to 
to focus on his strengths as a, an individual impacting a roster. But uh, I do feel like oftentimes it's just like, let's, let's put the, you know, the, maybe the weakest link or just a random guy at the special team spot. Like how hard could it be for them to figure out? And I, I think I'm glad that, that Brian Kelly made that decision and is going to transition away from Polian. Well, he's not technically completely transitioned away from him, right? I mean, he right. is still going to have him as the number two. Mm -hmm. um, he's still going to have him in a role where he's really close to him. And I don't mind that. Look, I, I know that Notre Dame fans don't like Brian Polian. I get it. Uh, it. A lot of people have it as a big issue with him um, because of some things that he's done in the past in reference to you know, like just Brian Polian's a really tough guy to uh, get along with, I think, for some people. Uh, however, I, I do like this new role that he's in because he's really shown that he can be an asset instead of a detriment when it comes to NIL, when it comes – because if you're a head coach, I think that we're going to see this more, Joe, because when you're a head coach and you don't have to worry about NIL and you got a guy that you trust that's out there trying to do it, and here's another thing. A guy that's really managing the roster, yeah. it, it, it's, it's massive. Now, there was legislation that was passed from the NCAA that I think goes into effect in August that they're wanting to do away with as many assistant coaches that you can have on the sideline. Now, the NFL has that. It's another thing that they're trying to do here. I want 100 on the sideline. I want as many as – I want more, so more coaches than players. It, if you can <laughs> afford it, I, I don't – I never have an issue with – I think that that's one thing that they got right. I don't have an issue with people having jobs. Yeah. Right? Like, I really, really don't. The more the more people you have in that building, though, the more drama you're going to have. Yes. Ask Billy Napier. Okay? Yes. Billy Napier had more recruiting people than anybody in the country, and they went six and six. You remember that photo of Billy yes. Napier? Yes. Yes. I mean, then he hired, and then he fired like all of them. No, wait, did he? I didn't even yeah, know that. He almost fired almost all of them. Yeah, and then hired new ones. More isn't always better. Met his, I'm quoting, met his standards. We need, to, that we need to talk about him next week or this week or or two, dude. I, I, <laughs> I, we got plenty of off season though. I I, I, bro, I I do think at some point. We should do a, a separate from a first year outlook. We should do a, a a second year outlook for guys that maybe were were struggling a little bit. I think it's more than struggling with him. Yeah, I, I think I do I, want to talk. I, I do want to dive into that. I think that that would be a really fun off season top, topic. Him hell yeah, it'd be a fun off season topic because I know that look, Florida fans hate me, dude. Hate me, but I just kept it real. Like he he is not going to. He is not going to succeed at Florida, in my opinion. I just don't see it. They're just not recruiting at a high enough mm. level. So we'll see. But anyway, getting back to the Polian thing, it's funny because today the Notre Dame media said all he does is, is he never fires friends. Well, then today Pete Thamel fires that out there. So I just think it's funny. <laughs> Joe, Joe, I'm so sick. I'm so sick of this. Like, can we get over it? It's like a bad breakup, man. You know, like you were married to her for 10 years. Get over it, bud. Well, wait, let me ask you this. What's the longest relationship you had before before your wife? Uh, I think like four or five years. Oh, uh, well, so then you can kind of understand that. Like, even if you're removed, you're just kind of still quietly hating, quietly hating on, on what happens with them. No, I was so burnt out. I was glad. I was oh. like, yippee! Well, Maybe I'm speaking for a different demographic. <laughs> Maybe you are. You know, F boys is who, you know, is who you're probably trying to mention here. I mean, I'm not an F boy. I'm just a no, great hearted. Well, I was in a three year relationship. I'm not an F boy. I, at least I try not to act like I'm not. Hey, try to get married and have two kids and then tell me you succeed. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Having kids uh, and a wife is tough. I'll just say that. All right. Let's get on to Hugh Free's thoughts. Year oh, one, on yeah, the freeze. It's not a frost. They say it's a freeze. Um, first of all, we know that this was a, a very controversial hire, and it was one of those hires that invoked a lot of, well, he did this, he did that, and I, I you know, I, I do believe that there is um, a lot of room for speculation on the wrongdoing that he did, and at the same time, Auburn is an SEC program. 
They've probably done their due diligence to determine if this was a safe hire. Separate from all that, though, let's focus on the coaching. Let's move past all the off-field stuff, and let's hope that he doesn't continue to have off-the-field issues like he did when he was at Liberty, when he was at uh, Ole Miss the first time. Auburn comes in with with surprisingly the eighth best returning production, which I didn't know. I was expecting them to to be completely devastated. Decimated. Yeah, but yeah, by the by the transition, but that's actually not the case. And on top of that, Auburn was one of the most active teams in the transfer portal, finishing fifth and on three. Some of the big names that they got: Justin Roger, a defensive lineman from Kentucky, massive come from Kentucky, massive pickup, huge get, and one that I don't think got enough coverage. And then a guy who I asked you about earlier, uh, Demario Tolan, the linebacker from LSU, another yep. highly graded kid. That's just a couple. They pulled a really nice big class. And the way that I, I, I like to look at this when we have first year head coaches is how well do they attack the portal to set themselves up for first year success? And we talked earlier about Robbie Ashford. Robbie Ashford, man, is a great athlete. And we know the success of uh, the guys in the past that I mentioned earlier that Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze has touched the similar skill set that he brings to the table, I think is going to have immediate returning uh, production for Robbie Ashford. I think he's a very underrated player. And I think with proper coaching, not named Brian Harson, he can really take off and be one of the, the better quarterbacks in the sec. Now, just taking a look at the schedule, they've got a pretty weak schedule. All right. They, hit me with it. They've got a pretty weak schedule. So I pulled it up earlier and they start the season off with UMass. They move on to Cal and then after that, they play Sanford. So we're already 3-0 at the start of the season. You play Texas A&M next, which is, uh, as we know, a recovering week program and could be a winnable game. They do then have to travel to Georgia. They do host LSU, which are probably going to be losses. Old Miss is probably not going to be a victory. But as we transition to them oh, playing, um... that one's a little bit more up in the air. But I think we can agree that that Lane is going to be in his bag in, in this one. Uh, who, said, as, who said Hugh wouldn't? I mean, that's his old school too now. That and it is it is a home game for Auburn in that instance. Oh man! I look at the next stretch of games where they play Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, New Mexico State before they have to play Alabama. So you think they could get the seven wins? Is what I'm hearing. I, I'm, say. I'm looking at this dude, and I don't see a way that they can't have seven wins. I, I'm looking at this schedule, and I think it's so important to pay attention to a schedule when we're talking in in first year coaching, but. This might be one of the lighter schedules in, in SEC play next year. I told you in the beginning of the show, I looked at their schedule too. I I, I agree with you. I, I Like I 1,000% I agree with you. I think it all depends on their offensive line has been putrid the last couple of years. They've always had good running backs. They've always had like Tank Bigsby. And yeah. they got some good backs still there. Here's the thing that I think is interesting with Auburn. Name an Auburn wide receiver in the NFL right now. Seth Name Williams. One. Okay. I probably shouldn't have asked you. Name another. Like, uh, name, like, name uh, one that actually is like a, a, a number two. Is there that's any, a good point. You know, they never traditionally have good weapons on the outside. That's something that Hugh Freeze is going to have to fix. Last year, their wide receivers were horrible. They dropped passes. You know, Brian Harson fired, if you remember, his wide receivers coach like three, four weeks into his, his opening tenure. Brian Harson was a horrible hire. They should have never done it. They, they what's even crazier, and I think what's what's what Hugh needs to do is kind of a lot like what Brian Kelly did at LSU. Speaking of, it was we were just talking about Brian Kelly. Yeah, he needs to settle the fan base and the booster the boosters down. A little. Let's, let's settle down. Joe, you literally had an active fan base and boot. Well, not fan base, but boosters who literally said that this man was having an affair on his wife and was false. It didn't happen. They tried to make it up to get him fired, which is horrendous. Then you hire a guy who was literally calling hookers. And, and that was a little, that was much more proven. <laughs> much, no. Joe, a hooker was calling him when he was literally talking to the to the NCAA. That's how he got caught. He was meeting with the NCAA. Oh God, he's he such an his idiot. Phone on, the, on the table, and it rings, and the thing comes across the iPhone like charity, not talking about the promotion, talking about the stripper, you know, or charity, the stripper, you know. So. 
look, I think Hugh Freeze has redeemed uh, himself. By yeah. the way, me and him had a conversation about two and a half years ago uh. where he tried to lighten to me and tell me that I was wrong about him. And I'm like, okay, well, if I'm wrong about you, tell me something that I'm wrong about. I was bringing up the fact that I did not know if the SEC would allow him to come back because of all the rumors that are swirling. Well, he DMs me, okay? And he basically, and like he does to a lot of other people, I mean, we he's having a proven track record of DMing people that say negative things about him. And right. I, like we could show everybody this if we need to yeah. of his DMs to me. Basically, like he just needs to calm himself down, calm the fan base well, he down. You're wrong, though. Um, no, he didn't. No, well, yes, he did. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I well, hold first off. I said yep. I did not know. Like, it wasn't yes. like, like a hill I was dying on that he wasn't sure. coming back. I just said I didn't know if the SEC or Greg Sankey would let him back. And then he DMs me. He's like, who, what gives you the right to think that I can't come back? No one's. And I'm like, okay. With all of that being said, you know what I think got him the Auburn job this past year? You want to know what I think it what ultimately did it? Huh? Bama. No. Uh-uh. I think everybody knew that. I think everybody knew that. And Auburn historically has been beating Alabama. This isn't anything new for them. That's a big route. Like they've like Gus Malzahn did really good things against Alabama. He went out there with Liberty this year and beat Arkansas. That kind of sold a lot of people like, hey, dog. He went in here with Liberty with a packet of ketchup, some peanut butter, and a half banana sandwich yeah. and literally beat Arkansas. And don't say Arkansas was, oh, they're injured. Dude, LSU, more talented. you're more talented. K.J. Jefferson still played, and if he's not ready, then it's not, you know, they still won that football game. So I but, think that ultimately got him, and I think yeah. I'm with you. I think they're at seven wins. I think that they can win seven games. Right. I think they have a very, very, very tough stretch in the middle uh, going against Georgia, LSU, Alabama at the end of the season. They have a lot of tough games. But if they can weather the storm and they can beat Mississippi State, they could possibly upset Ole Miss. Joe, you're looking at a seven, eight-win team, and I think that they can get there because Robbie Ashford is that good in my opinion. Yeah, and he's he's just a fantastic football player. You know, he's just a very instinctive guy. And we saw that transition of when they moved away from Finley to Ashford. It was a little bit more improvisational, the offense. And he was playing with a lot of restrictions and a bad offensive line. I know that he had Tank Bigsby to, to, to help him. But now that Tank Bigsby's gone, he's stepping into an offense that is going to fit his skill set perfectly. And there, there's a reason why they didn't actively go after a quarterback. You know, that we see a lot of times. Well, they did. They went after Spencer Sanders. They were hard after yeah. Spencer Sanders and got beat out by, but but right. you're talking about still going back after someone. Is what right, you're right. They, they could have still been active in trying to add somebody after the fact of not getting Spencer Sanders. I, I think that there should be a lot of confidence in what Robbie Ashford does. And that, that to me is always one of the more important things in talking about how does a team do next year is – how do things look at the quarterback position? Is it unsettled? Is it like Texas A&M like last year where there were three guys that were available options? Or is it like a circumstance where you've got with LSU, you've got a great, you know, a great athlete coming in and stepping in like LSU had with Jaden Daniels. You've got Robbie Ashford stepping in who can make plays when things break down and is going to fit with the way that Hugh Freeze likes to run things. I, I just think that this very well could be a surprising year for them and open a lot of eyes for uh, people in the SEC. And as we know, the key thing here is that the SEC, as we get to the middle of the pack, anyone can beat anybody. You know, it's not like at the top where you're not going to touch a team like Georgia or Alabama or LSU. Anybody can beat anybody in the middle of the pack. I think seven, eight wins is is a realistic possibility. Now, could shit hit the fan? Yes. And Correct. it could hit the fan really quick. But with the the padded opening stretch of their schedule, was positioned really well for a first year head coach. It could not be better positioned for any first year head coach than what he's stepping into. I agree, and and look, uh, he's going to recruit at a high level. Okay, he's already doing some things along the defensive line. He's got to get better off on the offensive line. 
But I've always believed this. Auburn is the toughest place to coach in the country, okay? Your two rivals that you play every year is Georgia and Alabama. That's damn near a permanent two-loss record, okay? Mm-hmm. you they Joe, the demographic that they're in, they're sandwiched in between the, uh, the Crimson Tide and the Georgia Bulldogs. You know, if you've ever been to the South, you know that Auburn's really close to Georgia. It's like 45 minutes to an hour away. It's like – it's a very, very tough place to recruit. However, there are parts of me that feels like if a dude could come in there and recruit and like how Brian Polian did in year one, how Nick Saban did in Alabama in year one, how you've seen Urban, how Urban Meyer did in his year one at, at Florida and how Kirby's doing right now, you can make something of your team. Now what's even more interesting I don't know if Georgia and Alabama, now that we're expanding to 16 teams in 2024, I don't know if Alabama – I think Alabama will be Auburn's permanent opponent, but I don't know if they'll have to play Georgia every year either. And if they don't have to play Georgia and Alabama every year, watch out. That's yeah. another game that they win and it could potentially make the playoff. I think that Hugh Freeze is a good coach. He just got to stay out of trouble. But here's my ultimate thing. I don't know if he can do that. I just don't – uh-oh. Is that me or you? Uh, I think it's me. It's I you. just don't know. I just don't know if he's able to to stay out of trouble. I think ultimately, and as our buddy Tony inside the chat says, he had a ringtone that said these hoes ain't loyal. I think that he will ultimately find himself back in a situation that hurts him. And that's if you pay attention to everything that we just talked about here. There is a, a, a lot of evidence to show that he is a great coach. He's a great recruiter. We can sit here and and go in circles talking about how all the great things that he's done and, and knowing that he's a good coach, but that's where immediately things will come off the rails. Is and no we doubt. saw we saw how Auburn's fan base and boosters is willing to cannibalize the man in charge if they're not satisfied the way that he is handling himself on and off the field. And that to me is the big thing is if he gets caught in somebody's DMs talking shit that that is going to be a downhill path that will not be recoverable from that needs to be the focus. He can't allow. And I understand that they put that, that clause in his contract that he needs to be, uh, you know, much more responsible on Twitter. Um, But if he keep himself out of trouble and the spotlight off of him for negative things, and it's just focused on the product on the field, I think that the ceiling is very high for Hugh freeze. I do too. I don't know though, Joe, if they can win a national title, I don't even know if they can win. An SEC title. Ever? Okay. No, not right now. I I, I, I don't know that. I, look, he's got a lot that he's got to prove at Auburn. Yeah. Name a, when's the last time Auburn won, a, won an SEC title? Nick Marshall, it's been a while, man. It's been a well, while. That wasn't, have, that wasn't too far removed. Was it 2014? Um, 2014? What? Wait, what year was that? Like 14. Like we're almost 10 years away. Shit. I mean, Joe, you're getting old as hell, bud. Uh, don't don't remind me. Don't remind yeah. me. And also, just making me think about how Notre Dame's last one's 1988. So I don't. Joe, <laughs> you weren't even alive. You were jiggling around in your daddy's ball sack. Don't feel bad. So was I. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Damn, and I'm like 47. You're 47 years old. Is what you're saying? I know you're not 47 years old, but. No, that's crazy. That's Here's nuts. Lou Holtz. Hi, Lou Holtz. Is that your Lou Holtz impression? That's terrible. I'm, sorry, <laughs> I'm trying really bad. Don't disrespect Lou Holtz, man. He he uh he put up some fights in the SEC when he was when he was coaching the SEC at Arkansas and South Carolina. No, he didn't. <laughs> oh come on! He, he would have had Arkansas better if he hadn't have dealt with the uh, the scandal that he dealt with when he was at Arkansas. Uh agreed. And agreed. he was forced to leave. Um, mainly because no one could understand what the fuck he was saying. Okay. <laughs> oh God. I just had an SEC coach text me. Okay, that's what yes. I'm looking at this for. Yes. He said, Poli and out, LSU dangerous now, LOL. I mean, he's right. They're going to get – I literally uh, just had an SEC coach just text me 
from not LSU and said, Polian out, good move. LSU serious. That was the second one. Here's a third one. Okay. Different coach or same guy? No, these are that that that, that was two. And here's here comes the third one. That's why my phone keeps buzzing. He goes, damn, Polian question mark. Who the hell knew that was coming? Oh, wait, we did. <laughs> I, I, we'll see what happens if that works out. Well, I, I'm just having to put my phone down. If you can't hear us, hum, hum, hum. no, it's I'm not like, getting picked up by the mic. Yeah, I hope it's not getting picked up by the mic. All right, Joe, we've been in about an hour. Uh, to wrap this up, seven wins for Auburn. Potentially, I think me and you are on the same page. Brian Polian out. Maybe we can talk about that. Uh, I I think I know who they're going after, mm-hmm. but I think that that won't be a long process here. I think that we'll have some news within the next couple of uh, days. Um, <clears throat> maybe a week. Uh, so maybe we can touch on that. And then LSU football college, you know, our college football executives, your mom's a hoe. So basically <laughs> that's to wrap up the show. Anything else to add on, buddy? No. No, we'll we'll be back later this week, and we'll we'll figure out what that day and time is. But uh, good show as always. All right, we'll see y'all soon. Peace.